Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Amen. All right. Welcome. How many people love this weather? <laughs> Hallelujah. Good. <laughs> I actually do. I'm glad it's not like this year round. I wouldn't want to live any further north. But it's nice to experience it. But I have good news. In fact, this is a, an extra announcement. We'll be sure to remember in eight weeks, just eight weeks, we spring forward. <laughs> this, so we just push through here a little bit more and we'll see. And I, if I, I think this is accurate. I, I, didn't, I didn't fact check this. You can. But I think in the month of January, Michigan gains about an hour of sunlight. So... That makes a big difference, eh? Um, so we are talking about Rooted and the focus of an eight-week series, but also kind of the uh, general focus for the, this season is getting our, our lives rooted in Christ and, and, and looking into what does that mean. And we're basing it on a um, passage in Colossians. So like we did last week, why don't we do this again? Why don't you stand and we'll read this together aloud. Uh, You ready? So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up. Strengthen in your faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human traditions and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Amen. You may be seated. And so we've identified eight aspects in this passage of of having our faith ordered and structured and built and rooted, and they are receiving Christ as Lord, talked about that, kind of did a word study, looked at every word of that, how we receive uh, and what it means, Christ and Jesus and as Lord. Today, uh, continue to live your lives in Him, being rooted. Fourth one is being built up, and we'll talk about being strengthened in our faith, overflowing with thanksgiving, uh, see to it, not being taken captive, <clears throat> and then in Christ you've been brought to fullness. So those are the eight um, aspects that we're going to delve into in each uh, Sunday, uh, uh, zeroing in on, on one particular one. And today, talking about continue to live your lives in Him. And, and really want to ask ourselves, well, well, what does this mean? Um, and it's this passage, this, this verse, verse 6, so then, just as you have received Christ as Lord, continue to live in Him. Some other translations, that's the first one is NIV, New King James, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. And actually, live in Him and walk in Him are, are frequently used to translate the original Greek word. Uh, so both of those are, are very frequently used in different translations. The New Living Translation uh, says, continue to follow him. And so it gives you a little different idea. Well, walking in him, following him. Remember Jesus, when he, um, you know, Jesus never uh, did an altar call. Uh, 
what Jesus would say is, follow me. That was his invitation. And, uh, and Paul said, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. And so this idea of following, uh, walking in the same direction is key to what this uh, means. The message, uh, Eugene uh, Peterson's uh, paraphrase, Did you know that he was a pastor in a small church in a country town his entire career? And he he wrote the message not to be published. He wrote it in the the way his congregation spoke. And he just thought, wouldn't it be great if my country folk had, you know, just regular working class people had uh, the Bible translated in their, the way they talk. And so that's why it's, it's, you know, it's it's rather new. (laughs) It's 20 years old now, 25 old is it? 30 years, probably. <laughs> Boy, how time flies. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. That It was just in, initially in, uh, what motivated him was just to write a translation that just regular people could relate to. So my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just, just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus, the Master. Now live in him. And so, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> What does this mean? I want to go back to that slide. There we go. What does this mean? Live in Christ. Live in Christ. You know, it can be like a, really a religious platitude very easily. You know, it's a nice catchy phrase. All right. Uh, it can be a kind of a philosophical idea. Live in Christ. If you're talking to someone that had never read the scripture, they had no zero context for the Bible, Christianese talk, even religious ideas, and you said you need to live in Christ, what might they say in response? Well, how do I do that? Where is Christ? I have to move? I live in my house now. I got to live in Christ. Is it? It's a commune, right? That's what they did in the early church, right? People misunderstand it. Uh, is it a spiritual reality? Well, that's just Christianese. Um, again, I like to slow down, take uh, ideas or phrases from Scripture, and force ourselves to rethink it in very practical practical ways. And when I, I teach in schools a lot, schools of ministry, so, you know, I'll have all day, four, five, six hours uh, in, a, in a, a day to talk through ideas. And What's that? Yeah, yeah, you can get nothing else to do. And go shovel snow. <laughs> if you're fasting, we're not eating, so. <laughs> so. We often ask for, you know, what's a practical uh, way to actually do this? And the, the responses are always, it takes me a long time for get, to get people to say actually something practical. You know, because <clears throat> practical, you have to be able to actually do it. And it's not just a, another idea, another platitude. Uh, what else do we describe this way? You know, what other activity or aspect of life do we describe? Well, you know, you want to go to college? 
well, you really need to, well, I guess you could live at college. But, you know, most people don't even live at the college. When I went to college, I lived at the college. You know what I mean? Most people nowadays live elsewhere at work. Uh, is there anything else we describe in this way? Walk in love. Well, yeah, that works for a while. <laughs> you ever fall in love? And then you land? <laughs> and then you got to walk it out. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, a good, that's actually a good parallel or idea because we fall in love with someone. In love. What does that mean when you're in love with someone? If, if, if you're currently in that stage, it should be easy. <laughs> if, and there's different ways we express that. I'm kind of making fun of it. But <clears throat> uh, what, what's a practical... How do you know when someone's in love? Okay. Front row excluded. <laughs> they, they're always thinking about it. It's great. So if we live in Christ, what does that mean? We're always thinking about Jesus. All right? Yeah. You talk about him. Somebody's in love, that's all they talk about. Friends of people that are in love, like get tired of being around those people. So could you say that you know that you're in Christ if you're always thinking about him and talking about him? And maybe if you're not talking about him, what would that mean? Maybe you're not in Christ. It's like if you stop talking about your, your spouse, your girlfriend, or whatever, the person you're in love well, what's changed? What's, what's another? Yeah. Become irrational. It's actually not bad. You do things you wouldn't normally do. You get a little crazy. Right? You make up after you fight. Yeah. Ooh. You consider them before yourself. What would, what would they want? Where do you want to go out to eat? Oh, anywhere you want to go out to eat. But I want to go where you want to go out to eat. Well, I don't go anywhere you want to go out to eat. Okay, we'll just go here. Why well, don't want to go there? <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you zero it down to something that we all can relate to on a human level, then translate that into our relationship with Jesus Christ, it makes it more understandable. Yeah? So now living in Christ doesn't just mean some mystical experience that most people don't understand and just move on. You go, oh, it's like being in love. Well, then you're always, I'm obsessed about that. Are you obsessed about Jesus? Are you always thinking about him? You get excited. Do you, do you, you know, someone in love doesn't have to be, you know, taught or forced to make time in their schedule for their, the one they're in love with, do they? 
they, they, the opposite has to happen. They have to force themselves to give time and be responsible in other ways. Is that descriptive of your relationship with Jesus Christ? And it, if it is not, then ask yourself, are you in Christ? Because you may not be. Why? This phrase is, I, I didn't take the time to do it, but if you count the number of times this idea is communicated in the New Testament, it's everywhere, especially in Paul's writing. It's in him, in him. And so it's, it's our entire life being <clears throat> consumed, absorbed, enveloped in Christ. The uh, Greek word, I've lost myself in my notes, oh, go back again, is, um, I like this part of it, one definition of the Greek word that's translated walk or live is proof of ability. When you're walking in something, it dem- it's a demonstration that you have the ability to do something. Okay, because that term is used in in different ways, and so you know someone could say I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a great musician, and you give them an instrument and they can't play. Well, you think you're a good musician, you know? You like I I don't even think I'm a good musician. <laughs> I have a hard time listening to music. <laughs> uh, uh, but if you're <laughs> if you can demonstrate. <laughs> That's truth, actually. <laughs> if you can demonstrate your ability in some area, that's what it means to walk. That's what the word actually means in, in the Greek, that you have the ability. And so uh, uh, we, do we have the ability to be Christ-like? And when we walk it out, it's a demonstration of that ability. It means to be occupied with, uh, to follow. <laughs> Another uh, dictionary uh, it can be translated to progress, all right? In other words, you're not, you're not stuck. You're progressing. You're moving forward in Christ. And so if you're not, you know, it's like if you're not moving, you're not walking, right? You're standing or you're stuck or you're sitting, you're dead, okay? But if you're walking, you're moving. And so implied in this idea is that there's movement, there's progress. And when uh, the Bible says, when God says, walk in Christ, live in Christ, that means you're progressing, you're growing, healthy things grow. Uh, Also to make due use of opportunities. So if you have an opportunity to, to learn something or experience Christ. Uh, or to demonstrate, to be more Christ-like in some way, you take every opportunity. You take advantage of opportunities. That's what the word means. It means to regulate your life according to whatever you're walking in. Okay? And so regulating your life to, to walk in Christ is to regulate your life according to Christ, according to Jesus, to conduct yourself in um, response to his character, his nature, his words, his truth, his person, his personality. Remember, Jesus is not just an idea. Like I said last week, uh, you have received, it wasn't just received the gospel, it wasn't just received the theological truth about Jesus Christ, but you've received Christ Jesus as Lord. You've received a person. 
Coming to, to Christ, coming, becoming a Christian is a relationship with a person. And you can't put a person in a box. It's not a list of requirements and obligations. It's a person. And Jesus is actually living and breathing. He has, we have emotion because God has emotions. All right? And so relating to Jesus in, uh, in that uh, aspect, it's... Uh, so what are some things that could hinder us from continuing to walk? Let, like today, we had to travel from your home here unless you took advantage but you know there's obstacles even with the live stream isn't there a few years ago we really ran into a lot of obstacles <laughs> it's one good thing about the pandemic is everyone knows how to use zoom now i was using zoom for years before the pandemic came and it was i had to have someone with me just to manage people's microphones and make sure Seriously, when we first started, because no one knew how to click their phone or something. I don't know what it was. They've also made the technology better. What are some obstacles that uh, may, or I'm sorry, what things may hinder us from continuing to walk or live in Christ? Some aspects. Well, I said the first one. It was obstacles. Right? So twice yesterday I had to go out and clear my driveway of snow. It was hard work because there was a lot of snow, heavy, and uh, got it done. And then the snow pile comes finally and clears our road, thankfully. But it put a giant pile of the heaviest snow at the end of the driveway. So I got to get all my stuff back on. This time, I have a good snowblower, but I had to have shovel, too, because I had to break up the big chunks. So what would be an obstacle in following Christ or continuing to walk or progressing? Life. <laughs> what do you mean by daily life? What, give me a specific aspect of daily life. that. Yeah. Yeah, just all the minutia of life. Uh, uh, sucks the life out of you, you know. And if you travel, especially to the third world, I watch a lot of um, videos now of, of people traveling and, uh, like, bicycling and motorcycling <coughs> across the world. Just crazy how many people do it now. And they video it, so I can do it without experiencing the discomfort. <laughs> but I've experienced this myself when I've been in, third world countries, the first most vivid experience of it was many years ago, almost 15, uh, over 15 years ago, I took a team to Morocco, northern Africa, and and then we we didn't just go to Morocco, but we went up into the High Atlas Mountains to a Berber village, and uh, they look, they live like um, uh, American Indians did, you know, 100 years ago, literally. Uh, Everything is, they, they build their houses out of mud, they were building a house while we were there, and we watched them, um, mud and straw, and they cook with nothing. There's, in the room, the, the house was uh, very simple, but there was no furniture. It was just a concrete floor. No furniture, nothing. But you know what? They were happy. Like, really happy. 
Well, Dan, yeah, you were there. Yeah, they were laughing it up. But they were just the, the smallest things they would celebrate it, right? And you see this, that the simplicity of life, and that gets lost in our, in our world because we have to maintain so many things. The car, the TV, the Internet, the, uh, all the stuff, taxes, and uh, insurance. <clears throat> and they don't have any of that because they don't have any stuff. <laughs> what are some distractions? Obstacles are things you can do. Give your hand up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yep, yep. Yeah. So what she just shared was uh, uh, one of the um, uh, <clears throat> hindrances from walking in Christ is having an unrealistic expectation or a, a, a fantasy uh, image of who Jesus is and not knowing the real person. A lot of people fall in love with someone, then you find out who they really are and you realize you don't even like them. <laughs> right and the same thing with christ we need to realize it's not our idea of jesus that we serve in fact probably your idea of jesus is wrong significantly and reading god's word digging this study and and, and scripture are things that we can do to better be equipped to walk all right? In the same way, driving here today, right? I didn't ride my motorcycle. Right? Because I would be dead. <laughs> All right? I have to have the right vehicle, the right clothing to live in. I, uh, uh, an associate I know, <laughs> they moved from England to, he's pastoring a church in North Dakota. You think Michigan's cold? <laughs> it was like 20 degrees below zero yesterday. And like, he's never even experienced that. They don't have snow in England. Did you know that? Like occasionally they'll have a few flurries and they all, everything shuts down and they all take pictures, you know? <clears throat> and where there he lives, he even got two feet overnight. So there are obstacles, but there's, uh, and, and distractions and hindrances to following Christ. But then there's also opportunities, things that we can do to make it easier, to make it better. Having a realistic understanding of Jesus, refining, and being really, really quick to give up your fantasy. That's a good word because we all agree that's not healthy. Your, your, your definition of what you think following Jesus is for what Scripture and what God says clearly in His Word. Being willing to quickly... Say, I'm wrong, God's right, instead of struggling to have your way. And that's the same in any relationship. Uh, and so we want to remove obstacles, avoid distractions, and focus on things that enable us to walk 
and be unhindered. Um, uh, unhealthy relationships can uh, uh, distract us and become an obstacle to following Christ, but healthy community and having um, godly relationships is actually absolutely essential to following Christ. Christianity, basically, you know, it's not an individualistic religion, okay? We follow Christ within a community. It's just, we have to understand that. And so identifying things that make it easier and identifying things that make it harder and pursuing the things that make it easier. So your goal is so that you can walk better in Christ. Paul actually describes his ministry in the preceding verse before this this passage that we just read, the end of chapter 1, he says, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, this is what Paul did, this was his ministry, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. In other words, Paul's saying this is what he devoted his entire life to. All of his effort in his, uh, was put into this end to uh, communicate that Christ is in us, and that's our hope of glory, but also to pr- uh, present each and every Christ follower perfect in Christ. And so, Christ in you, the hope of glory, but also you are in Christ. Everyone perfect in Christ. So which is it? Is Jesus in me or am I in Jesus? Is Christ in me, the hope of glory? Yeah, Christ is in me. Christ is in me. It's all about me. No. Christ is in me so that I can be all about him. So I can be perfect. And the word perfect, remember, means brought to maturity, completion. It doesn't mean perfect in the sense of, you know, this uh, strict perfection, perfectionism in a scientific sense, but that we're whole or complete. Faye, did you have something to share? Mm-hmm. That's very good. And when we're in Christ, it gives us, you know, we're consumed in Him, the things of the flesh are easily overcome. But if we're not, or if Christ is not in us, in, a, in the appropriate way, then those obstacles, our carnal desires, overcome us. And so, His life is to fill us so that we live fully in Him. And it's not one or the other, it's both. But again, it's the same idea. What, how does that work out in daily life? And, and the, the thinking continually about him is, and, and integrating every aspect of your life in Christ. You're absolutely right, taking care of the kids. You know, you know becoming a Christian doesn't mean you're, you're uh, sorry kids, you're on your own. I got to go pray and, and, and worship. Some people actually do that. They, they get it wonky. You know, they're not good at work because 
You know, they think being a Christian means only reading your Bible or praying until they stop working. No, you got to work. you got to provide for yourself. The Bible says if you don't provide for your, your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. Right? And so integrating, it's not like secular and sacred. Uh, when you go to work, Jesus is there with you. All right? Are you working in Christ? Are you the, or the most diligent, faithful? Are you demonstrating Christian character in, in the workplace? So that everyone around you goes, wow, that person, they're always on time. <laughs> I'm habitually on time. Huh. And, and I wasn't before I was a Christian. And, uh, and that's because I value other people's time. Right? And, and I'm not I'm picking on you because that might be something you struggle with. But uh, I know that employers, it's one of the main things. Like if you're not just there, 90% of success is just showing up on time. Somebody, um, that's a quote of somebody. It's true though. Right? And so if, you, if somebody hires you to do a job, you need to be there. And if you're, you're constantly late, how does that reflect in your relationship with God? Is that a reflection? I think it is. I think it's a part of responsibility. In the same way of managing your money, how you talk. All of these things are ways that we live in Christ. All right, let's see here. Now I can go forward. If you were raised with Christ, this is jumping ahead. That was looking back, Paul describing his ministry. In the next chapter, Paul continues to kind of elaborate on this idea. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is one of my key verses of my life that uh, uh, that my life is hidden with Christ in God and I actually when I'm in uh, uh, strife or I'm dealing with something difficult especially emotionally spiritual overcoming something I actually picture myself hiding like in a secret place with Jesus and we're in God and then there's that the big bad enemies out there, like debt <laughs> or sickness or people being upset with me or I don't know what to do, but I'm hidden with Christ. All right? <clears throat> and like I practice that. I practice uh, when I feel discouraged or depressed or anxiety. I practice seeing myself hiding away with Jesus in God. And so I'm like, there's two layers of protection between me and whatever's afflicting me. And that's because of this verse. In Romans, he says it a little different way. He says, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. There's the same phrase, in Christ. In Christ. We're dead to sin, dead to all the carnal things that are destructive in our life, but alive to God because we're living in this person of Jesus. And everything that we do 
should be done in and through him. In another place, it says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You know, the world we live in is constantly uh, assaulting our minds, our bodies, our eyes, our ears with ideas of what is right and what is normal. And 99% of those ideas are completely wrong. Okay? I used to, when my, my kids were younger, we'd be watching a TV show uh, against my will. <laughs> or I'd sit down because they were watching a TV show and, and there would be an interaction between people. And I'd just go, guys, you know, that's not the way it really is in life. You know, you, you can't just walk into a coffee shop and meet someone and then 30 minutes later be in bed with them. Right. And if that is, it's horrible. It ends up bad. And, but, you know, on TV shows, like one episode, oh my goodness. Like, they, they don't talk about all of the emotional ups and downs and, you know, the ringer that people are, are put through by getting involved in that way. Or, you know, there's a car accident, and the next thing they know, people are laughing and joking here. Like, it's like, that's not how it really works. Like, there's days, weeks, months can happen before people overcome, you know, the impact of an experience. But on a TV show or, you know, a video game, it's like, bam, 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 everything's okay. You know, you get killed, it's okay. Just, you reset and you're back alive again. <laughs> That's not how life really works. So this is the quote. Uh, that has shaped me as much as any Bible verse. Well, this is, uh, it's based on a Bible verse. This is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, was a <coughs> German man who lived during the time of Hitler. He was a Bible teacher uh, in Germany. He actually was killed for his faith at the end of World War II. Uh, just in the last days of the war, they executed him. But he said, in, in one of his books, several of his books, this is one of his main themes, Christ is the mediator, not only between God and man, but between man and man, and between man and reality. Okay? Christ is the mediator. Now, that's based on a verse in Timothy 2, 1 Timothy 2, 5, that says there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. But uh, Bonhoeffer is expanding this, and it's the same idea as living in Christ. Okay? Mediator, um, many of you may not be familiar with this idea, but that's someone who comes in between two parties, okay, or two people, or two issues. Um, if you're having a conflict, instead of going to court to settle the conflict, you can choose to have mediation. Okay? And that's where an agreement is reached outside of the court, where both parties are accept, uh, accept the agreement. Does this make sense? <clears throat> okay, to avoid the, the cost of, and the uh, consequences of a, of a lawsuit. Well, same idea where Christ mediates, uh, but not only between conflict, Bonhoeffer is saying, of course, we know that Christ is the mediator. It was Christ restored the relationship between uh, mankind that had been uh, corrupted by sin and separated from God with God who is... Uh, eternally, you know, sinless. And so through Christ, he reconnects humanity 
But not just humanity, he reconnects Cameron with God, right? He reconnects each one of us. Ray is reconnected with God only through one mediator, Jesus Christ. Well, expand that. If Jesus is the one that teaches us how to relate and reconnects us with God, he also is the one who reconnects us. This is what it means living in Christ. So if I'm, I, I, I was trying to find an illustration, you know, that <clears throat> it's like right now, everybody is watching live stream. They're only hearing this through the mediation of the cameras and the internet and the computer. And if there's a glitch in that, there's, they, they can't connect. The, the connection is lost. That's Christ between us and God, but it's also between, it has to be between us and other people and us and reality. And the idea here is that um, having a proper relationship with anyone or anything is dependent on Jesus mediating that relationship. In other words, my relationship with this tablet has to be mediated by Christ. Because if I'm in Christ, the only way to touch that, connect with that, is if that's in Christ too. Right? Or, or Christ allows me to touch that. Or I touch that through the influence or under the influence of Christ. Right? So picture like me in a bubble. And, and I can only connect with other things through that bubble. But if I connect with something apart from Christ, if I reach outside of that, that's, that's being outside of the mediation, being outside of the governance, being outside of the lordship, uh, being outside of the regulation, being outside of the character of Christ, and I develop a relationship with something or someone that is not subject to Christ, is not mediated by his character, by his commands, by his principles, then what is that? Idolatry. It's something in my life that's not part of Christ that I'm holding on to. In my daily Bible reading, I just we just read, uh, I just read, what I'm following is uh, when um, Jacob uh, with Rebecca and all of his other wives kind of weird, (laughs) you know, leave, what's the father's name? Laban, right? And what did Rebecca take? She took one of the father's idols. He's like, I'm done with this. We're going. Get all your stuff. We got to leave quick so your father doesn't know because he'll he'll change the rules again. They, They all leave. Why did she keep an idol? We don't know. And where did she hide it? She sat on it. All right? And Laban came. It's bad enough that you leave and take my daughters and my grandchildren, but you took one of my gods. And Jacob was like, I didn't take any of your gods. Go ahead and search. Anybody that has it, you can, I think, kill them or whatever. And she was hiding it. She was sat on it. She said, sorry, Dad, I can't get up. It's my time of the month. That was, she was clinging to something of her former life. 
All right? And that brought a reproach that stopped the progress. And we do this similar kind of thing in our lives. There's something we cling to, we bring along, and we think, oh, Jesus won't mind. It can be something really small. See, the enemy loves to make an idol out of something worthless and meaningless. Because it doesn't matter what the idol is, as long as there's some part of your life that's not under the lordship, not being mediated by Jesus. And when that's the case, you're not fully in Christ, and that leaves you open to his influence. It's an open door. It's the ability <clears throat> to the, for the enemy to grab hold of and basically jerk your life around and cause problems. And you need to root out everything that, and anything that's not mediated subject to Jesus Christ. Um, Shabbat. So our relationship, apart from Christ, when we don't live this way, when we're not fully in Christ, our, our natural tendency is to uh, have relationship with others and relationship with things and ideas. And the natural tendency would be to, instead of appreciate them in their proper place, begin to use them and misuse them and abuse them. All right? The natural tendency, if it's not mediated by Christ, all things are acceptable, right? But not all things are beneficial. Uh, food for the stomach, stomach for the food, but I will not be brought under subjection to either, Paul says in a different place. All right? Don't let your freedom give opportunity for Sin, that's not the actual word. I'm quoting a verse. Anybody know that verse? Don't allow your liberty to become an opportunity to be brought under captivity or bondage. <clears throat> that's a ver- Yeah, <clears throat> don't allow your flesh to take advantage of liberty. So Christ has given us liberty, but we need to have that freedom in Christ. And if we hold on to something of our our carnal nature, it will, it will cause us to turn it into an idol. Or it would become, we will use it, or it will become, eventually use us. And that's how we get into destructive lifestyles. Jesus' lordship must redefine our relationship with everyone and everything. Jesus' lordship must redefine our relationship with everyone and everything. That's what it means to live in Christ. Okay, I'm going to jump through this next section really quickly. We're going to read this long passage and then identify <clears throat> certain behaviors that we need to put off uh, or put to death and certain behaviors that we need to put on or to encourage or emulate in order to to demonstrate that we're walking or living in Christ. So we're going to read through this long passage, and then we'll talk about it for a few minutes, and then I'll end. 
chapter 3, 5 through 15. Put to death, therefore, again, this is Paul continuing the thought that he starts in the passage we read in the next chapter. It's just his giving his application, uh, and it's going to be our application as well. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, whatever is outside of the Christ, right? Put to death these things. What are they? Sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, right? Now we're supposed to walk in Christ. This, these are the ways that we used to walk in. In the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off uh, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge uh, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, I don't know this, whatever. <laughs> Slave or free, Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as Christ's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves, right? cover yourselves, be covered with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. So real quick, that list of, of bad things that we need to put off, sexual immorality, real quick, when the Bible talk, uses that term, that's an umbrella term that means every, every expression of sexuality that is, that is um, defined as immoral, in the Old Testament, all right? Because when this was written, that's what they were referring to. When Jesus, he doesn't have to list every single expression, every way that we can be sexually immoral. Aren't you happy that he doesn't? In the same way where it says, you know, you know greed or, or uh, anger, you know, he doesn't have to list every way, you know, don't yell, don't hit people, don't be passive-aggressive, you know, no, it's just don't be this way. And so that includes every aspect. Uh, impurity, lust, that's just wanting things and having this, uh, being driven by desire. Evil desires, wanting things that are bad. Greed, which is taking and wanting things that other people have and, and so that they don't have it. That's idolatry, angry, uh, rage, man. All of these things we need to put to death. And, you know, it's easy to uh, see that list like that because it's kind of like, so extreme, but we have expressions of those things in our lives. I would, I would be lying if I said there's not some of those active in my life on a daily basis. All right, no one would, I don't think anyone would describe me using any of those terms. You know, but if you knew what goes on in my head, <laughs> you know, these are things we battle against. You ever kill anything? Have you ever killed something? A bug? 
quick story. I'm, I know I'm going over. <clears throat> my whole family's in the hunting. Like, everyone in my family's in the hunting. My brothers are amazing hunters, two of them. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a hunter, you know. I'm, I was out once with my grandfather hunting. It was a day like today, cold, snowy. You're out in the woods. I'm carrying a shotgun. He's out over there. And I see a rabbit. <sighs> Take aim, fire. You know what the rabbit did? Uh, well, that was pretty unfulfilling. <laughs> no chase. There was no, he just died. And we took it, and my grandpa was all, oh, great job, Bucky. That's what they called me. It was like, celebration, Bucky's first kill. <laughs> and they gutted it, and I watched them. I was like, that's gross. <laughs> I was like, as young as... You can be the shoot a gun. I don't know what that is. 12, maybe. <clears throat> and my mom cooked it. And I took a bite of it. You know what wild rabbit tastes like? Dirt. <laughs> it was like the most unfulfilling thing. I didn't quit hunting at that point, but I never killed anything after that. Because I'd be out hunting, and I'd go, you know, I really don't, I don't want to kill something. I watched my brother gut a deer. Now, if you're a hunter, you know, I get it. You know, there's adventure, and it's a cool. If you're into it, I'm not dissing hunting. It's a great sport. And thank God people kill animals because I like to eat them. <laughs> but when he cut open that deer and you could smell the in, in what was in the intestines, all the deer poop. <laughs> but really what, what sealed the deal is when he reached his hand up into the chest cavity to grab the heart and the lungs. And he had to pull that out. And his arm was covered with blood. And gutted it. And he was like, he was in his glory. I was like, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> Maybe I'll hunt coyotes. You shoot them and you just leave them. <laughs> For the other coyotes to eat. All right. So there's, these are things to put off. What did I talk about that for? We got to put to death. Okay? Putting to death sinful behaviors is bloody, dirty, hard. It's not fun. And you got to put on behaviors to put on holy unity. There's no divisions, isms, schisms. All right? We're all one. There's not. Greek or Jew, all of that stuff that divides people. No, we're one. We're one. And this is radical for the, the, when this was written, and it's radical today. Because everything in the world wants to divide because the enemy, we divide and conquer. And if the enemy can divide us, he'll conquer us. But Jesus comes to unite us, and we're united in Christ. Uh, <clears throat> right, same thing. So compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Love binds every, all of the other attributes together and peace. And be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful at all times. In all things, be thankful. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you.
There you go. Thank you. Yeah. All right. It felt like we were in class today. A lot of participation is good. So what I want to do is just um, while we've just heard this message, let's just take a few moments. I'm just going to be silent. I encourage you to bow your heads and pray and reflect on this and um, just be honest with the Lord about maybe areas in your life that um, that need to come under the Lordship of Jesus so you can be fully in Christ and put off those things that were on the list there and um, put on the things in Christ. So let's just take a moment right now and each pray. Well, Lord, as we follow you, you've, you've called us to, to follow you and, and uh, we've responded and said we will follow. And so I just pray blessing over each one as we, as we follow you, that every interaction um, with other people, with the things that we spend our time in would be under your lordship, would be in Christ, and that we would um, continue to do the, the bloody hard work of um, rooting out the things that are um, that are not of you, the things that are of the old nature and the things that we need to put off and be actively um, willing and aware of. Help us not be blind to it and um, help us to put on Christ and all those attributes that are in you, that um, that this week we could really focus in on that specifically. And as we do that, I just see, church, that our roots, we're talking about being rooted in the foundation of Jesus, that our roots are going to get stronger and deeper because we um, are going to be a people who are not easily uprooted. It would be near impossible to uproot us. And so, Lord, I just pray a blessing over the strengthening of each one's roots in the foundation of Christ this week. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to um, spend some time in, the, in Colossians, even in Colossians 3, 5 through 15, where those are listed. And just be honest. I appreciate his honesty with, hey, I'd be lying if I said there weren't things that, um, that I have to battle with from this list on a regular basis and that that's true of all of us and so um i just appreciate our vulnerability and honesty as a body so let's continue to just grow in that and um i want to invite you if you would like prayer we have a prayer team up here come and receive prayer are you going through some hard stuff are you sick um anything going on come and and receive prayer and then uh, we will see you thursday for prayer meeting
you're available at 6.30. And then next week, Kathy Spaulding will continue our series on uh, this, this sermon series. She'll take the next two weeks, and we'll take the next two topics in the passage. We'll bless you all. Have a wonderful, snowy day. <laughs>